All right, welcome back to the second portion of uh, Cruising with Chris. <laughs> the Cruising with Chris addiction. Chris's comments. Uh, what well, we left off with this guy, Mike Robinson, who's just complaining about not having a minimum wage, boo, and all this other crap. Um, he, le we, I left off with him complaining about. Um, the gig work flexibility pushed him for longer hours and during specific times. Uh, his opinion, my pay continues to be unpredictable, especially because I incur expenses with like rising gas prices that I cannot pass on to Lyft or rideshare company or my passengers. Okay. Never predict it. It is very difficult to be predictable. You should never expect the predictability. Sometimes it does happen, sometimes it doesn't. But incurring with like rising gas prices that I can't pass on to the company or my passengers, that's not what we agreed to. And the passengers don't know that you're going through these uh, problems with expenses because of the simple fact that it's none of their business. So to say, oh, well, I need some gas, I need more gas money, so you gotta pay no that's that's just wrong it doesn't make any sense uh i need more gas money so the co the company has to pay for it well that's not what we agreed to that's not the gig economy that's that's also that's also not anywhere near as uh as as restrictive as it would be say for a trucking company you know if you're going to agree to to have rideshare companies uh, pay for your gas, you need to have everything recorded, and you can only use your personal property for the business alone. That's just how it works, you know. No company is going to say, "Hey, use your car. Let me put gas in your car, and while you use it for anything else, for anything other than this job." No, no company is going to say, no corporation is going to say that. No corporation is going to agree to that. And as far as the like rising gas prices thing, okay, this guy should know better. This is a shame on him part. Mike Robinson, uh, if he started in 2017 like the way I did, my first month in June 2017 was at the tail end of a strike that took place uh, concerning the shipment of oil and fuel from overseas to California that was supposed to go to our American refineries and then be distributed by truck to gas stations uh, across the nation, including San Antonio, Texas. When I first started, there was a strike. Gas stations were running out of gas. We had to park, we had to get in line first thing in the morning. I had to get in line sometimes up to 40 minutes before the store even opened, before the gas station even opened in line with a bunch of other cars and as soon as they opened we'd all go get our gas filled and then I had to make use of that one full tank for the entire day and would and leave over just enough to uh, to for tomorrow to make it from my house to the gas station the next day that was going on for a couple of weeks my very first month when I started okay this guy claims to have started in 2017 also so we either started after the strike where this kind of stuff is nothing new to us, you know, or he's just downright forgetful as to what happened, you know, 
or he's just lying. You know, he's just lying that he just doesn't understand that the company doesn't understand and that he doesn't understand. And this is the why can't I put it on the bill? Why can't I put the bill on on my rideshare company and all this other stuff and everything? One, because that's not what we signed for, okay? And and being pushed into longer hours and specific times, you know, that also goes hand in hand with rising and lowering gas prices, stalled uh, gas price, uh, uh, you know, empty gas stations. February of 2021 here in San Antonio, Texas, we had a, a freeze over when it snowed for four days straight and it froze the fuel pumps at our gas stations. You know, I had to pull gas out of my uh, my gallon bucket that I use for the lawnmower, you know, uh, and and even still that only got me so so far. Um, that kind of stuff you can't predict. But it happens. Um, moving on. Unlike employees, I'm paid for only uh, some of my work time. In California, Uber, this is, his, this is his opinion again. In California, Uber and Lyft claim that they will guarantee pay equal to 120% of California's minimum wage. But this pay standard doesn't account for the third of the time that drivers spend waiting to be assigned a new passenger or returning from trips to outlining, outlining uh, areas. Okay, that's sort of a, 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 a weird one, okay? Unlike employees, I'm paid for only some of my work. No, you're only paid for the work that you do, to, just to clarify. Uh, unlike employees, employees clock on a shift. Again, sorry for the slushing that you're hearing. That's me drinking water because, again, it's just hot. It's 8.05 in the morning and it's 87 degrees outside. So, <sighs> sorry about that. Employees to any job, even at the headquarters, they clock on. They don't they don't have their desks in their car okay that's this that's what we do the contractors we get paid for the work that we do plain and simple and as far as some work goes i could see where you might say as far as detailing i wash and vacuum my car every morning you know and i'm not on the clock uh, it doesn't make any sense to be on the clock because once you get a request, you can't say, okay, hold on. I'm in the middle of vacuuming, you know, or I'm washing my car right now. I'll be there as soon as I'm done. You know, no, you don't do that. So some of the work, yeah, I get it. You're having to pay for it yourself, but that's part of the agreement. In California, they agreed to pay equal to California's minimum wage, but the standard doesn't account for the third of the time that we spend waiting to be assigned a new passenger. Okay, first, we are not assigned passengers. We are only to signaled when a passenger 
is requesting a ride. And then it's up to us to make the decision as to whether or not we want to accept. Okay? It doesn't count for the, the third of the time that we spend waiting for the bank. Again, we're not on the clock. We, we can't get paid to wait. We only paid for the requests. If, they, if we were to get paid for waiting, more than likely, rideshare companies would want us to do paperwork or something uh, to to know that they're 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 spending their dollar on us, you know, accordingly, you know, no differently than in a fast food place. If you're clocked on, there's no customers, there's no orders. Pick up a broom, you know, that and pick up a mop. Start wiping some counters down, some tables, you know. So as far as spending, uh, having money, having to be paid to wait, that just doesn't make any sense. Or, back to the article, or returning from trips to outlying areas. Okay, I don't know what he means by that. I know in Manhattan, there's a, a cap. There's only uh, 100,000 rideshare cars that are permitted on Manhattan Island. Now, there might be a, there might be something like that in California where he's talking about. I don't know, but I know here in Texas it's a free for all. I can work here in San Antonio. I can work in Dallas. I can work in Houston. I've gotten trips from here to Houston International because it's easier to get to the other side of the world with a, a direct flight out of Houston International Airport as opposed to starting here in San Antonio and having to go through five flights to the other side of the world from here to New York to England to Europe to wherever else you know it's faster and cheaper if they just take a ride share from San Antonio to Houston a three-hour drive uh, because of all the construction and population a three-hour drive to Houston you know, is actually cheaper than a five flight, than a ride share to this airport here in San Antonio, and then taking five flights. It's cheaper in less time, you know. Now, when I'm over there in Houston, yeah, I'll do a couple of uh, uh, rides over there. But as far as return trips go, well, that depends on whether or not anybody needs a ride from Houston to San Antonio here in my hometown. If there's not a trip, if there's not a request from somebody that wants to come to San Antonio from Houston, then there's just simply not a trip that goes from here from Houston to here in San Antonio. And somebody like me, he should know better than this. Uh, well, he's in California, so I guess he doesn't. Somebody like me doesn't have a problem with turning off the app, logging off, and using the 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 three-hour trip back eating something you know stopping to use the restroom uh, you know with some decent plumbing in an area because a lot of times I'm just pulling over at a park and using the the porta potties uh, at, a, at a public park you know um, you know and if not just simply cruising back home and and just you know unwinding and restarting myself you know uh, sort of 
having a mental clarity and then getting myself fresh for driving around all over again back here in San Antonio. So as far as this, unlike employees, I'm only paid for some of the work. No, you're only paid for the work that you do. And it doesn't account for the time that you spend waiting to be assigned a new passenger. You're not being paid for waiting for the next request. That's true. But you're not assigned to any passenger. There's no passenger assignments in this. You're either accepting the request or you're not. And return trips from outlining. Okay, why in the world would you want that company to say, I got to pay you for coming back to your hometown, but you got to come back to your hometown immediately? Because that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. If you got the supervisor doing that, this means you can't work the he uh, the area outside of your town. Okay, because you got to come right back to where you uh, to where you started. That's that's a huge problem, because like I said, I'll, if I get to if I get sent over to Austin or even as far north as Dallas area, or if I get over to the east at Houston or down to the border towns or over to the uh, Corpus Christi, if I get sent over there, I'm gonna work those areas. I'm gonna try to see if I can earn a couple of bucks until I'm tired of driving or until uh, uh, lunchtime where I'm gonna wanna stop by at a place and eat some food, you know? There's a couple of places in Corpus Christi I like to go to the Whataburger headquarters. You know, in the border towns, almost every single Mexican town, uh, every single Mexican restaurant in those border towns doesn't really give you a plate of food. They give you like a platter of food. It's just this heap load of great eating, good Mexican food eating. Uh, Houston, same thing. Houston's got a lot of places to eat. Um, uh, Dallas area, uh, Georgetown, the college areas. Um, you know, you got a lot, a lot of pretty girls that run, walk around and stuff. And, you know, something to, to, you know, a little bit of eye candy while you enjoy your lunch at some patio of some cafe, restaurant, whatever. You know, I'm not always just simply returning from whatever city I came from. Sometimes I'm actually working that city. Uh, and I'm driving home late at night or I'm sleeping in my car. I'm waking up the next morning, coming back home. You know, but that all that requires me to turn off the app. You know, so I don't understand this guy's beef with having to be paid uh, when you're not working like an ordinary employee at a McDonald's. We can't just pick up a broom and start sweeping where we're at. We can't wipe down and sanitize cleaning utensils, uh, eating utensils and stuff, cooking utensils like the way you're supposed to like the way you make up for the time when you're not handling orders at a, at, a, at a restaurant or a fast food joint. You know, there's no beds in our cars, so we can't, you know, we can't be housekeeping to our own vehicles like the way you have to in a hotel. So this whole bizwax of not being paid, this whole bizwax of, of being angry because he's not being paid uh, for for times that he's waiting to uh, to be assigned a new passenger, that that's just dumb. That doesn't make any sense. It's kind of like a wanting a cake and eat it too, kind of aspect. When you take a step back and look at this.
moving on. Coming out of the pandemic, a time when many professional class workers enjoyed unprecedented scheduling flexibility, Congress and other policymakers need to ensure more flexibility for all workers, not fewer rights for underpaid workers like me. Those are his words, Mike Robinson. Now, the key word being pandemic, okay? When the pandemic hit and people had to stay away from each other, yeah, the professional class workers had to work from home. That's true. They're not working from home anymore. They all got called back and all this stuff. You know, the businesses, the corporate businesses and all this other stuff, they're paying for land. They're paying the electricity on this land. They're paying for the air conditioning, the plumbing, and all this stuff. They're playing contract uh, uh, food people for the cafeteria workers. Um, they're paying for all of that. So it only makes sense that they would call the employees back to those businesses. You know, you know, especially now that the pandemic is manageable. Okay. Uh, Congress needs to ensure more flexibility for all workers. Well, I don't know about all that because flexibility comes and goes based off of how the workers go. Okay. Now that paid leave thing sounds very nice. You know, uh, the, the sick leave maybe, you know, um, that makes sense. You know, retirement savings, that would be a nice bonus. That would be actually something really, really nice uh, and all that good stuff. But uh, everything else is just nothing but bitching, complaining. You know, uh, Congress needs policymakers to ensure more flexibility and not fewer rights for underpaid workers like me, so saith Mike Robinson. Okay, underpaid is an understatement, I mean, or no, underpaid is a misunderstanding. Because again, we saw, we saw the payment drop, you know, we did. I ain't gonna lie, even I saw it. But at the same time, I'm still making a, de a livable wage and so is everybody else you know and um, and underpaid work I mean it's it doesn't make any sense because underpaid is somebody that re that needs to be in a job that's not getting at least a minimum wage we don't want minimum wage with something like this minimum wage and it, this is a very big indication that this Mike Robinson guy just doesn't know what he's talking about if he wants a minimum wage. I'm from those days. Um, that stuff is just BS, you know? Speaking of BS, something that he wrote in the articles, one, uh, one study found the minimum hourly pay for app-based drivers is really $5.64 per hour after accounting for all working time and all expenses. 
there's a certain truth to that. And it, again, it concerns the profits and spending, you know. But the key words is after accounting for all working time and all expenses, because I did my expenses and I got about a buck and a half per hour also. I didn't get this $5.64. This guy's rich as far as I'm concerned. But after doing the balance, after, after, after calculating everything with the profits and spending, yeah. I mean, technically I'm getting, I, I've gotten paid at one point in time, a dollar, a buck 50, a buck 53, I think it was. Um, but the key words are after accounting for all work time and all expenses, you know, and this is what I was talking about when I was talking about through uh, previous posts, when it comes to this kind of job, uh, you have to treat it like an actual business. And one of those things is you're going to spend 40 to 60% of everything that you make at the end of the year just on your business alone. And it's true. I mean, I'll make a couple of hundred bucks, you know, well, I'll make like $400, but 275 has to go straight to the brakes, you know the front brakes to top it all off the rotors and the brakes you know uh and the fluid you know stuff like that and a tool if i got a new car i got myself a 2021 kia sportage uh it, it, and my previous one that got t-boned as i stated in the in the part one um you know when i got t-boned uh it was a it was a 2015 nissan sentra an entirely different vehicle requiring entirely different parts and in some cases tools now these tools can range from an entire uh, hand tool to uh, a drill bit you know uh, that's that that's the difference but nevertheless you're spending more money you know you're spending more money and, and it's more than just gas and your fluids which is also another thing that you're having to spend on, which it takes part of 40 to 60%. And again, it's all based on how well or how dry business is. Um, it also pertains to the miles, how much you're putting in, um, tires. Uh, this year alone has been nothing but tire problems. I've had blowouts, puncture holes. I've had, I've had to replace a ripped uh, tire. Uh, um, and you know, I think I've gotten all four just within this quarter year. I got four brand new tires just within this quarter year because something has been going on where, you know, debris and stuff has, has jacked up my, you know, one tire and then, you know, okay, I got it fixed. I got it repaired. I got a new one and I'm driving along and there's the second tire. Uh, and then, uh, a couple of weeks pass, there's the third tire and then two days the fourth tire so now i got all four brand new tires out of this quarter year and at, just out of this quarter year alone as opposed to last year where i only had one problem with one tire you know concerning the nissan Sentra, actually so it was two years ago um but yeah i mean this whole bizwax where you're where the study found the minimum hourly work pay on an app-based driver is really only $5.64. I believe it. 
I believe it, especially over there in California, here in Texas, I've got, had it as low as a buck fifty-three, after accounting for the work time and all expenses. Okay, but I'm not just spending on the car and the phone. I also still have a roof to pay for. I also still have food. I also still have uh, birthday presents. You know, I have a niece and a nephew uh, who I love very much. I will never miss their birthdays. I will always give them something. They will always get a present. My own parents won't get a present uh, if, if, I, if it comes down to a choice. I, my little niece and my little nephew will always get the present before my own freaking parents, okay? That's just an agreement that we all agree on and, and nobody judges me for anyway. So, uh, so they, after accounting for all the work time and expenses, yeah, there's a point. He, they got, he's got a good point. The, the, the study, however, that makes it BS is that this is all that there is. And then that's just not true. Uh, this guy's got enough money and time to write this entire article about bitching and complaining about uh, uh, workplace benefits, workplace rights, workplace uh, responsibilities. You know, his workplace is his car. <laughs> you know, it's got nothing to do with the place with the with the building. You know. Uh, and this guy is supposedly only making $5.64 an hour. Right. You, you, so you see what I'm talking about with the BS. Another study, a recent study, back to the article, a recent study by researchers in Northeastern University in Boston College of a company that reclassified its drivers as employees. He doesn't say what company that is for the record. In response to a change in California law found that drivers enjoy the same scheduling flexibility they had as independent contractors okay if that's true then why are you complaining why are you bitching if we're enjoying the same schedule flexibility of uh, if we're to be enjoying it as employees you know, despite the fact that we're contractors, if we're not going to see any difference, what are you complaining about, man? You know, and as far as this whole study goes, we can make any model work based off of that slogan. The, uh, the study was in two EU countries. One of them was the UK and the other was Spain. Okay. Those lone countries that are nowhere near as, as self-proficient as America, you know, those two countries, those two European countries, countries inside a continent, you know, they, they need something like this kind of stuff, hourly wage and, 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 uh, you know, discrimination free workplace. I mean, their neighborhood is an, is, is a workplace, you know, um, yeah, I could see that. Um, uh, uh, employer responsibility and employer-based rights and protections and stuff. Because those all require people looking over their shoulders. Uh, also looking over the shoulders of liability to prevent liabilities with other people of other countries. 
You know, and I'm not just talking about their neighbors, France and Italy. I'm talking about uh, people that the the, the uh, immigrants, uh, refugees from the Middle East. You know, that escaped Syrian bombings. You know, I'm talking about people that escaped ISIS and all them. You know, I'm talking about the Ukrainians and Russians that defected from Russia and the Ukrainians from this current war. You know, there's a lot of liability there. You know, um, so yeah, these these. Uh, employer responsibility and employment-based rights and protections, they are very much in need over there. They have to, they to maintain order. Here in the States, not so much, especially here in Texas. So this is what I mean by the BS of what they're talking about. You know, uh, the, the, this whole bull crap about uh, employer responsibility and employment-based rights and protections that work great in Spain and U.S. but are needless here in in, in the U.K. but are needless here in the U.S. Um, you know, uh, especially for uh, employees that are that are just as happy as independent contractors, which is a total oxymoron. There's no need for all of this uprising crap, waving a banner, and all this garbage. If we're going to do nothing but be just as happy as we are now. As independent contractors. It doesn't make sense. This guy, Mike Robinson of the Mobile Workers Alliance. He knows nothing. And he, this is entire proof. He knows nothing of minimum wage jobs. He knows nothing. He doesn't understand. and Or he just can't see it. That a minimum wage job is something that requires somebody breathing, looking over your shoulder. A supervisor, a team lead, uh, 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 whatever. And that has to have you put back to work. Now, this would be completely understandable if, if we were like the taxis, where there's a garage that we could sit around and wait while waiting for a request. You know, which even still is debatable given the fact that here in San Antonio, there's already taxi areas at the airport and the bus stations where they're doing nothing but sitting around and wait also, you know. But speaking of which, minimum wage to this uh, gig app would also require, uh, um, what do you call it, not stipulations, uh, standards to meet, okay. There would need to be a money criteria for one. And, and there would need to be uh, stuff like the taxis have, the medallion, the driver's medallion, something that you have to go to school for and be trained in and develop experience in uh, and all this stuff to ascertain credibility as a medallion holder, which certifies you to be a driver in this company. In, 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 in for example, the taxi companies, okay? Um, that's all needless and pointless in this gig company. Okay. You don't need that. You just need to be a good driver and you need to have the requirements of a vehicle to do it. Okay. That's it. Making this a minimum wage paying job is going to add restrictions. It's going to have, uh, criterias and standards to be met which is not necessarily a good thing. The prime example would be the insurance companies. 
Um, insurance companies are there for you with uh, with uh, fire protection, house protection, vehicle uh, uh, insurance. Uh, but then in those in the companies, you have agents there, workers, employees that have to do stuff weird. They have to do stupid, I mean, stuff like flood insurance in West Texas, where the, where it's all desert. You know, you have to have, you know, they, they have to try to sell, um, they have to try to sell um, earthquake insurance here in San Antonio, where there's very little to zero tremors, much less earthquakes, okay? Uh, th but that's the criteria that insurances have to meet. Despite the fact that they have plenty of business coming from people just off of auto insurance alone just to, to, to escape the the bull crap from from the previous insurance one fender bender and your your prices skyrocket your monthly installments your monthly payments skyrocket you know so they have to start all over again drop whatever record and credit that they earned with that insurance to go to this uh, more generic liability only insurance and 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 start all over again you know that's big business just trying people trying to recover from that is big business alone but the insurance companies are paying by the hour they're paying a minimum wage they're giving you salary if you're ever up there in the in the higher ranks you have to meet the criteria and you have to jump through those hoops that they put in front of you get the fire insurance in seattle you know where it's always raining you know get that earthquake insurance you know get that you know get that uh uh, uh you know heat wave insurance or whatever in alaska you know it's just it's just silly it's just stupid and it's it's pointless and needless and unacceptable and all this good stuff okay this guy knows nothing about jobs that have to pay a minimum wage because those jobs require supervision that is not necessary uh, people breathing down your neck and and policies that require you to jump through hoops with requests criterias and uh, and standards to meet that will truly make it an unhealthy workplace work environment you know it's it's just wrong to have this kind of stuff in a gig working uh, uh, job. Plain and simple. This Mike Robinson, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't know the BS that you have to go through as a wage worker. He doesn't know how his city lives and breathes. He doesn't know how his state of Southern California, if not of all of California, much less Southern California, lives and breathes. So he doesn't know how to make himself available to make more money. You know, he's talking about um, the outlying uh, lines or outlying territories as far as returning back to work, you know, uh, coming back to work from outlying areas, you know, well, I, I personally don't know if there's any actual restrictions that keeps him from working in other cities, you know, 
uh, much less do what have I ever heard of California not letting them saying that you have to come back to work you know if they if they tell if they told if they tell California employees that you got a ride from San Diego to San Francisco you have to go back to San Diego then yeah I would agree he would need to be paid for coming back to San Diego because he has to because that's the rules that would be understandable but as far as I can tell as far as any uh, as far as I've ever done ever noticed while reading the news about rideshare uh, there is no such thing as as uh, mandatory returns uh, into territories there's only one place where that actually takes effect that I know of and that was off of Man Hatton Island back in 2018 or 2019 I can't remember what year but it's been a small while I haven't heard anything else about it I don't know if that mandate is is still in effect I don't know if that mandate has been removed nobody's really covered it since I can only assume that it's still there and it's still working as such over there on Manhattan Island New York you can take you can get a request from Brooklyn to uh, to uh, Bronx the Bronx and and work the Bronx as far as I can tell you know and then there, there is no no you have to go right back to Brooklyn you know uh, I, I've never heard of anybody complaining about that uh, since the, the Manhattan one the Manhattan project can I get away with saying that uh, <laughs> I, I've never heard of that I, and and I can't believe I can't believe it until it's actually proven that that's what's going on. Um, so no, this guy Mike Robinson just doesn't understand that if that if we have to go back to uh, point a return of point of origin, uh, then yeah, there is there should be a, a pay rate. But until that time, man, don't be complaining for a minimum wage. Don't be complaining for an hourly pay. Uh-uh. Don't do that. You can make more money uh, working the requests uh, only and all this good stuff, uh, you know, without it. You know, if you're going to have somebody putting those uh, those mandates on there, the minimum wage mandate, well, the, the what follows is the mandates to the uh, standards and, and uh, protocols and uh, procedures with... Uh, with um, 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 criteria to me and and those requests are just going to be uh, too stressful to handle that's where it starts to become unhealthy uh, this guy he, uh, mobile worker alliance uh, Mike Robinson and the rideshare uh, guy he, he really isn't paying attention to what he's talking about He's just seeing this this thing to complain about minimum wage and and uh, uh, expenses for return trips and assigned new passengers. We're not assigned passengers. If you have a minimum wage, you're going to get assigned passengers. That that means you're not going to have a choice as to whether or not you can accept or decline. And as I stated through the previous uh, post that uh you know you can get a ride going having to take a road over two hills 
taking up 27 minutes and say 16 miles of uh, 20 minutes of time, 16 miles of, uh, of drive time just to get that ride share, pick up that ride share that wants you to drive four minutes and 2.8 miles of drive time of service. You know, you get a minimum wage, great, that's great, but you still have to deal with assigned passengers. So you're getting chump change on top of the minimum wage, which as we all know, is chump change itself. That is not, no, no, that is, this guy, Mike Robinson, does not know what he's talking about. He wants a minimum wage. This guy of the Mobile Workers Alliance doesn't know dick about this kind of stuff. He doesn't know anything about minimum wage and the rights protections and all this crap. He's just complaining. He wants to see a big company bow down to his complaints. That's that's what the general thing is. Um, and that, my people, is wrong. Okay? You can't carry yourself like that. Uh, everybody that's tried to do that partition, and, and he's not the first. This has been going on since 2017 when I first started. And I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know where to go. So I went to the airport and I hung around the downtown area. Um... Uh, but it was at the airport while waiting in line because you get on a queue where the number counts down to your number and then you get whatever rideshare uh, request pops up, you know. It was sitting at the airport waiting, uh, talking with other riders, with other drivers, I'm sorry, that were telling me this stuff that... Uh, there's a petition. Hey, sign the petition. We're going on strike. We're not working uh, every third Friday of the month or every first Friday of the month to teach this company a lesson uh, that we uh, that we need a minimum wage and that we need a, a driver cap. We can't have we can only have X amount of drivers. Uh, any more than that number uh, is is prohibited to drive and work our job, and uh, so that we need to stop taking our jobs and all this other stuff. Um, and if I wasn't hearing that, I was hearing everybody saying, things were way better before you came. We were paid more. We had more freedoms and all this other crap. And, and <laughs> so I, I heard pretty much a wide spectrum of how horrible this rideshare company is, this rideshare driving job is, from all of these people that did not only did not want to let go of rideshare, but wanted to start uh, 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 discriminating against newcomers, and then to top it all off, uh, put the pressure on the company to bow down to whatever the needs were, and in this case, the needs of a minimum wage is, is my primary focus, which is the dumbest, stupid, most, most nutty request or demand in their case, demand ever. Okay, it's that's the most nuttiest demand out of all of the, the things that I'm hearing. Um, it's it's just moronic or idiotic or whatever. You know, it's it's the nuttiest damn demand ever, and it, and it it I have I have continuously 
uh, said hell no to the ideas, okay? I have continuously said, dude, go away, um, like I do with this guy, uh, Mike Robinson, today, as far back as when I started in June of 2017. So, um, yeah, this common sense on common ground what I want you to see as far as this comment goes concerning the ride share uh, especially for those of you that that do ride share um, whether you're a driver or a rider this is the BS that we usually go through on a political scale a social scale and um, these moronic these dumb ideas are, are what pops up and in my opinion mostly by the people that really don't know what they're stepping into. Because uh, it can be a pretty stinky pile. Um, these guys just don't understand how industries, corporations, and companies work. Um, many of you who are rideshare writers do. You're working jobs where you're going through a bunch of BS now. Manufacturing and assembly line, uh, Amazon, uh, uh, warehouse delivery, um, uh, telecommunications, telecom, uh, what do you call it, uh, telemarketing, you know, you are all going through uh, standards and criterias to meet, and you're having to deal with policy changes, you, you used to be able to walk in, clock on the closest clock, closest to your, um, to your workstation, uh, then one year you got assigned you have assigned to a clock that's furthest from your workstation but nevertheless uh, the company says that's where you need to work if, to clock on you're not going to be permitted to clock on any other clocks um, uh, except that one that you're assigned to you know and it bites into your time and then you got if you're working in assembly manufacturing um, when the clock strikes seven o'clock or you know whatever the start time is those machines need to be operational and you need to be working which means many of you workers have to come in five to ten minutes before the 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 dot you know before on the dot and start up your machines because they need to be warmed up you know uh and and only through a certain leeway would you be able to permit, be permitted to clock on uh, before the hour starts. You know, you have to clock on like you know five to seven minutes uh, at seven minutes at the at the uh, earliest. You know, uh, before you get the the start of the hour that you're working because you need the time to uh, to heat up the motors, the engines that you're working on in order to assemble the product that you're supposed to be making. You know, that's also hourly wage job. That's also minimum wage jobs. You know, the BS standards of stuff switching things around in order for you just to do your job. And this is what I mean. Mike Robinson and all these other people, the, every single member of the Mobile Workers Alliance does not get they don't understand they will not they will not understand or they just don't because they really don't know what it's about being an hourly waged employee and a worker for minimum wage 
means you have to put up with a bunch of BS uh, in order and and policy changes and all that. Amazon, I Uber drive. Uh, I used to Uber drive Amazon workers until um, Amazon put a strict restriction that in order to pick up an Amazon worker or even drop them off, you cannot just stop at the front of the door and drop off or pick up the employee. You have to go into the parking lot, circle around until you find an available parking space, park in that numberless, labelless parking spot, and and try to wave them down, I guess, wave down the requester uh, to come your way or instruct them or whatever. You know, that's a bunch of BS thrown on the Amazon employees, okay? That's not my BS. So I've actually refused to go to Amazon and pick up their employees until they drop that babbling bullcrap. They're saying it's because it's a fire hazard, it's a fire lane. Uh, that we're dropping off and picking off and all this other crap, you know, and I understand that to a certain extent, but nobody told Amazon to paint that curb red and make it a fire lane. Okay, uh, they're nowhere near the 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 front of the uh, what do you call it is nowhere near the products. It's nowhere near the machinery that uh, that operates the pallets. It's nowhere near anything. In fact, this particular Amazon building that I'm talking about. The very front of it is window walled where you can actually see inside and what they got are lockers, break room, the front office and a restroom. That's it. That's it. So to have that front of the building to be painted red and have a fire lane, make it a fire lane, it's kind of stupid because none of the machinery is there. None of the products on pallets is there at the front. They're all inside the distribution area. And this is the babbling BS that those workers have to go through just to come to and leave work. It is not what we rideshare drivers have to go through until people like this Mike Robinson and the Workers Mobile Workers Alliance get their way and we who are minimum wage employees have to uh, wait for assigned passengers. We have to be wait to be given assigned passengers. We have to tolerate that bull crap, you know, and it's all by choice. There are plenty of drivers that will tolerate it. I'm not one of them, but that's the beauty of having that flexibility and choice. I won't tolerate the babbling BS that that company does to their workers onto me. And I refuse to accept this minimum wage BS. I don't want to be called an uh, uh, Uber employee. I want to be called an Uber contract worker, a rideshare contract app gig, uh, gig app worker. Okay, because I want the right to not to have to go through that BS. And for the record, not tolerating that BS leaves you open for others in the surrounding area or wherever it is that you got that request, whatever neighborhood you were in when you got that request, for everybody who won't throw this kind of babbling bullcrap policy or whatever uh, on you, the driver, the same way that they do their own employees. You know, you don't have to go through that crap. 
You don't have to tolerate that, but you do have to as soon as Uber makes you, as soon as the rideshare company makes you an employee. Why? Because there, there now has to be a criteria met. There now has to be conditions met. There now has to be um, uh, 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 standards met. You know, there now has to be uh, uh, areas where money doesn't flow so easily has to be efforts to make money flow, more money flow. You know, that Amazon company that I was talking about is in a, a virtual remote location. It's just outside of a military base and on the other side of the highway of, uh, of uh, uh, cattle uh, ranch land, which is in between uh, uh, the highway and a community one community so there's very little money to be made over there if there's any money to be made at all but uh, a criteria and a standard to meet once becoming an employee means that somehow you are responsible for making more money being produced out of that area where there's an Amazon a highway intersection cattle ranch and uh, and uh, uh, one community and that's another part of the BS that I'm talking about that this mobile workers alliance represented by Mike Robinson they don't know what they're talking about they don't know what they're talking about they just see a company that's making billions so they have to throw these stupid demands to try to make that company bow down now that is my opinion but so far, they're not proving me wrong. They themselves are not proving me wrong. So this was part two of Cruising with Chris edition uh, concerning the gig apps and the rideshare and all this stuff. And I tell you, I can't believe I took up another hour just talking about this. But uh, these two hours, I had to, I had to, I had to, because of the BS that they just seriously cannot foresee or will not foresee, or maybe they're paid employees to try to convince the rest of us that we should try to uh, be employees. So that way this kind of uh, uh, corporate bull crap is thrown upon us, which does nothing but feed the greed. You know, who knows? That's that's all that I see anyway. All that I see is uh, a bunch of workers that are trying to influence all of us as suckers to fall under these uh, guidelines and standards that do nothing but feed into corporate greed. You know? Oh, and there's the signal. Uh, I'm, I'm out of time. Y'all take care. Y'all take it easy. This is Chris with Chris's Comments signing out. Y'all take care.